Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Before we get into this special post-Game of Thrones finale episode of Small Doses. I want to make sure that you all know that Smart, Funny, and Black is back on the road this summer. The You Know the Vibonics one-on-one tour tickets are on sale now at Smart, Funny, and Black. If you have never been to a Smart, Funny, and Black show, this is your chance to come and experience the blackest night of your life. We're going to a bunch of new cities this year, so make sure you check out smartfunnyandblack.com to see when we are bringing the blackest show of your life to your town so that you can get down with the get down. Now let's get into GOT. Small doses. Some help from the hip. Small doses. We're talking that shit. Small doses. And keeping it real. Small doses. With me and Nancy Seals. It's so funky. (laughs) So, it is no secret that Game of Thrones, after eight seasons, has culminated. There's been a lot of talk. It's been a lot of talk after the finale. I know people were asking me, Amanda, when are you going to do another Game of Thrones episode? And I honestly just needed to simmer. I just needed to simmer because I don't like being one of those people who is like the immediate responder to things because I'm like, you know what? Let me just give myself a second to marinate, okay? To ponderate what has taken place. Now, we were all very, very excited for this final season. I mean, geez, Willikers, they left us waiting for what, a year and a half before they got into it? So by the time we got to this, the fever pitch had reached such a high culmination that some might say there's nothing that David Benioff and D.B. Weiss could have done right to do by its fans. I challenge those people and say, fuck that. There were a number of things that they could have done to do right by their fans. And it feels like they did the bare minimum of those things. Let's just start with the fact that the White Walker fight that we have been forced to prophesize about, to hypothesize about, to pontificate about, happened by the way, we've been forced to do all those three things for years now. I mean, enti- the entire series started with the impending doom of the White Walkers. That's how it started. And yet, in one night, that was a Rizzy? One night? I find that rather anticlimactic. Now, I know some of y'all were more concerned about the fact that you felt like the episode was too dark. I had no problem with seeing the episode. I just didn't like what I was seeing because I felt like it wasn't even... The show had been touting the long night forever, that when the White Walkers finally descended upon the people of King's Landing would be the long night. I mean, I've had arguments with my man that lasted longer than this battle. This was ridiculous, y'all. It wasn't even... A long night. It was just a bad evening, okay? It was just like a rough couple hours. The sun never came up. And I understand, well, Amanda, it's winter, so the sun don't be coming up. But it does. It's gloomy, but there's still day and night. 
Midnight. I can tell you how I feel about this finale season night and day. How I feel about it. Floor, more, coolest. I just was very unimpressed. I mean, I did like what they did with the Red Woman, but I didn't like what they did with the Dothraki. I mean, this show is dedicated to killing off every black person possible. I really felt that way. The Dothraki were just thrown to the White Walkers, just sacrificed. Just, ugh. Really. I just felt like we really did the Dothraki dirty. And everybody knows the Dothraki are the finest squadron of individuals on this show. So I felt like it was just a waste of good handsomeness, good, solid, savage handsomeness at the hand of zombies. Really? No. Irresponsible. Not here for it. Didn't like it. Didn't love it. What I did like was the scene with Arya in the library. I thought that that was absolutely very, like, spellbinding and white-knuckled that whole shit. But then you knew she wasn't going to die. You knew. And I think that's what really frustrated me about that whole episode was, like, for all intents and purposes, like, no one who died surprised me. I liked how they handled Jorah Mormont's death. I liked how they handled the young lady Mormont's death. You know, I liked how they did that. But nonetheless, I wasn't surprised. And there were, like, just plot holes. Like, what happened to John's dragon? What happened? I can't remember if John is, dry, is flying Viserion or Rhaegal. I can't remember which one was killed in the north. But he was literally like on the dragon. The dragon was like, bah, 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 bah. like they were really coming for the dragon. Your, your man, the White Walker, was on his dragon. It was a whole dragon situation up in the atmospheration. And I mean, that was cool, I guess. But it also felt like this is what it felt like I was on. Kind of like one of those Disney rides, like Captain EO or some shit. Like it just didn't do much for me. And Danny just looks so worried the whole time. I was like, is she going to have a unibrow after this? Because I really feel like her eyebrows have been touching from beginning to end of this episode. It just felt like chaos. And I know that is what the long night is going to feel like. But I did feel like they could have handled just how that all went down better if they had done it over the course of two episodes. It felt scrammed in and scrammed in. I mean, we had to watch a whole episode of folks sitting by the hearth singing a ditty, you know, over a, over some wine, pouring out a little liquor for Littlefinger and shit. They didn't, but they could have. But you know what I'm saying. I just, I don't know. I was not enthusiastic by the end of that episode. Bran over there in the godswood. All of a sudden, Bran is a target. And I'm like, Okay, but it was never explained why Bran was a target. Yes, I know they said that he's a target because he holds all the memories and the head White Walker, the Night King, wants to just create a dearth of life from Westeros, which means eradicating all the memories. But doesn't that feel like a little stretch to y'all? It did feel like a little stretchy. Super sun and sketchy, super sun and sketchy. It just didn't. It just felt like a device that the writers created to give them an out, not one that they had created out of the entire narrative that had been placed before us for so long. And whenever I see stuff like that, that's just a tripwire for me because it makes me feel like I'm outside of the fantasy. And I want to be fully immersed in this world. I don't want there to be reason for me to have to step outside and be like, hold up, let me build Nye the Science Guy this episode. Now, some of y'all love doing that, which is how you found water bottles and Starbucks cups on the set. I mean, I can't even believe people's eyes and how they catch things. But for most part, I just felt like the long night ended up being just a rough evening and I wanted more. 
Now we're going to fast forward. They murdered Miss Ande, which, I mean, I knew that was going to happen when she was captured, but... In order for us to get to the finale episode, we have to acknowledge the fact that, like, so Danny just forgot about the Iron Fleet? Fuck out of here. I heard them say that in the After the Thrones episode and was like, you got to be kidding me. That's bullshit. And sure enough, yes, because Game of Thrones fans are absolutely insane, people compiled an actual edit of all the different times throughout the season that Danny was reminded about the Iron Fleet. Not only this season, but the previous season. She was reminded of this. There was no doubt in her mind that she needed to look out for Euron Greyjoy and the boys. I don't understand how these writers sat in a... You are angry about this? I am legit angry about this. They sat in a room and concocted this cockamamie, cockamamie story that these folks are just going to glide on back down south after murdering the White Walkers by themselves, I might add. I mean, Cersei and the boys were very noticeably absent. Noticeably absent. And you're telling me that they're just going to fly on back down and not even pay attention to that? We won the battle, but now we're going to win the war. Shut up! No. No! And you're on Greyjoy. Like, how can you miss him? His ego is the size of Westeros. So if anything, if you weren't spotting the boats first, you would just spot his ego just engorged in a large dome over the waters above which you are about to fly over. So that point right there is what they created to give reason for Miss Sunday. And, you know, she and Great Worm are holding hands and they're smiling, looking like they just got on a Disney cruise and are about to set sail. Uh, uh. They look like after they win the Super Bowl and it's like, where are you going to go? Where are you going to go now that you won the Super Bowl? I'm going to Disney World. I'm going to Dragonstone. And I'm going to fuck my man who don't have a dick but know how to eat some pussy. Like, that's essentially what Miss Sunday's face looked like. She held his hand and was like, I've already accepted our situation and our limitations and I'm here for it. We about to be booed up on Noth Boonopolis. And you knew that once you saw that, it was a wrap. You knew that, right? You know that, right? Once you saw that, that smile, it was like, oh, this is absolutely out the window. No dice. It's not happening. And sure enough, next thing you know, blah, 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 blah. today Euron uses AK. And next thing you knew, there was another dragon in the water. I just... <sighs> But they had to do that because then they had to make Danny feel like she was going to go crazy. How y'all gonna take Miss Ande? She does my hair. She does my braids. Now I'm out here with this mayhem of a nest because nobody cornrowed me up to step in front of y'all. And it just seemed very lazy. Danny, we've all watched it, right? So Danny goes buck wild on King Landing to. Tyrion's chagrin. Can we also just acknowledge when did Tyrion become such a simp? When? At what point in the series did Tyrion all of a sudden start giving a damn about King's Landing in such a way where it feels like he's always giving her bad advice? I mean, ever since he's been hand, it just seems like he's always kind of like being sunned. And when he was hand of the king with Joffrey, he wasn't like that. So why was he like that with Daenerys? Why was he so like, uh, you know, it just it just seemed 
uncharacteristic. And that's been my biggest flaw of this whole season at, in the first place. It just seems like the writers who came in to write for this season had never seen the show before. They don't know the characters. They don't know how they would move. You're telling me that Brienne of goddamn Tarf is going to be out in the snow in a housecoat trying to stop a one-handed man from going home to fuck his sister? Brienne of Tarf? Now, I know Jamie Lannister is a mythological king slayer. But I didn't know that he was a cooch slayer as well because he done turned her out. She got STS, sexually transmitted stupidity. She is out there in, in the, the north, north y'all. y'all. You know how cold it is in the north? She ain't from that. In a house coat. I don't even know where she found a house coat in flipping Winterfell after a gosh darn long night, or as I call it, the tough evening. But I digress. So Danny, clearly distraught by the fact that Miss Ande has been killed and that her hair is not done, sets out with the boys to go and handle King's Landing. And Tyrion's like, you know, if they ring the bell, that means that the city has acquiesced, surrendered, and that we're good to not have to torch this shit up. Well, Daenerys... Mother of Dragons, the Unburnt, called Lisi to call Drogo's writers, Queen of Marine, and the one true ruler of Westeros was not handing it. Can we also point out that, like, this whole thing about John being a Targaryen ended up being just kind of like a dud? Like, it was really just a device at the end of the day that was used to try and, like, make it seem like Danny would go crazy because of it. And the way that it was executed, it just didn't seem realistic. It seemed like she was a petulant child. And I just feel like this is somebody who was sold to um, the Dothraki, had to win over her man, learn a new language, went over to uh, all these places in Essos and freed slaves and tore shit up and turned shit down and then then went over a whole other Dothraki horde. And you telling me that she is going to be up in the north sulking because these weirdo racist northerners ain't really rocking with her? Again, bizarre. Now, maybe they thought like, well, you know, she just thought that she would come back to Westeros and be like, open arms, I just sailed a thousand miles. And I think that that just didn't transpire. And they thought that that would be enough to make us feel like this is why Danny would end up torching everybody. Eh, I don't know. Maybe you guys feel that way, but I just felt like it was very not, uh, the stakes just didn't feel as high in actuality and how it was like played out as it was described to us. And so once she burned down King's Landing, I'm just like, yeah, that sounds about right. I do appreciate how the Hound died. So I really do appreciate, you know, in Game of Thrones, you're appreciating the, the proper deaths. That's how morbid this show is. You're not really about who lived. You're like, who died properly? properly. Who do we all know did not die properly? Who do we all know did not die properly? Cersei, you a bitch to everybody, Lannister. Are you guys sure? You're telling me that Cersei Lannister took her final L in the arms of her boo and by falling debris? We sat through eight seasons of this bitch in a window drinking wine, killing motherfuckers so she could die by a brick at the back of the neck? Uh-uh. 
disrespectful to your viewers and simply just unfair to the and unrealistic to the writing of the show. Now, I know some of you all are like, well, I mean, George R. R. Martin, he likes to reward the wicked. So be it. However, we saw your man's um, Littlefinger take his L the way he needed to. We saw your man's Ramsey Bolton take his L the way he needed to. We saw your man's Joffrey Baratheon take his L the way we needed to. So we have definitely gotten the opportunity to see those who are wicked and trifling and, and just a problem take the L that they deserve. And so for us to not get that with Cersei just feels like legit disrespectful. Disrespectful. That's how you got a whole petition started. Because people are like, I just can't. I have dedicated so much time to this. And this is what you give me? A gold hand sticking out of rubble. I will come through those offices and flip every table like Ice Cube did in, in Interscope. You got me fucked up. Game of Thrones got me fucked up. I just was not even here for it. I couldn't even believe that they did that and the cheesiness of that. And why was Tyrion walking through that damn rubble for so gosh darn long? Damn, I know your legs are short, but come on. And let's not even get started on why John. Okay, so yeah, John killed Danny. I knew that was going to happen. Yes, I also told y'all that a dragon was going to take down the Iron Throne. I told y'all that too. But how Drogon? Was so gone over Danny Dion that sh- that he didn't try and burn up John. You tell me that Drogon was like, Nah, I feel you, bruh. Cause you know she was wildin'. That's my girl though. That's my dog. So I gotta fly away, weirdo. But for real, I'ma spare you. Cause I see where you coming, bro. Code. That's is that basically what happened? There was dro code. I don't agree. I don't agree. We should have seen John def- like be burned, but then because he's a Targaryen, not burned because fire cannot kill a dragon. That's what we should have seen. So now John apparently must have told somebody like, "Hey, hey, 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 I'm Merc Danny. I'm Merc. I'm Merc Danny, y'all." And next thing you know, he in a prison with long hair, and you know your man's Grey Worm. He's just out here cutting them down, chop style, chop 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 style, chop style, chop 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 style, because he ain't with none of this. Danny gone. Miss Ande gone. He's like, I'm going to murk everybody. Because that's what I was told to do before they was all gone. And I get it. I get it. I'm just, I just wish I had more positive of a response to this because I just wanted to like really leave this series feeling on a high. But then when you had them all come together as the council and they're sitting in the chairs and it just was like, I know y'all did this for the White Walker presentation. Remember when they had the White Walker PowerPoint where they like show the first slide? Here we have a White Walker. Uh, This has been brought to us from the North. As you can see, he's pretty riled up and uh, not really interested in conversation. Can we get the next slide? The only way to take him out the game is with this. What you're looking at is dragonglass. Dragonglass is a ancient material that comes from the earth and is used to kill the White Walkers because it was used by the children to make the White Walkers. I know, fascinating. Last slide, please. Lastly, here's the last slide. There's plenty of dragonglass on dragonstone. So we're trying to just get that out of them walls and into these zombie balls. If you know what I'm saying. Remember that? Remember when they did that? That's what this final little situation was for me. I did appreciate that Sansa was like, I mean, cool story, bro, and I'm going to let you finish. However, I ain't bending no knee to my little brother. I'm also not bending a knee. She didn't say this, but I think she thought it. 
to somebody that y'all are referring to as Bran the Broken? The nigga is the whole three-eyed raven, y'all. He already has a cool-ass name. He's the three-eyed raven. How is this happening? And I just wonder, like, I've been seeing videos of, like, the cast when they were reading through the final script, and I'm just like, y'all are lying. Y'all are reading the script, and y'all are going to leave and go to the break room and be like, what the trash is this? That's what's going to happen. If it doesn't happen that way, y'all ain't real. Y'all ain't real. Arya, I like how Arya killed the White Walker, you know, the Night King. I like that Arya ended up on the boat like they said she was going to, you know, she wanted to explore what's west of Westeros, but now she gets to see it. Someone said that when Arya came across that white horse, when she had just, like, survived the Daenerys burning of King's Landing, they said that that was Bran sending her an Uber. Hilarious, hilarious. Speaking of hilarious, the memes that have come along with this final episode are just incredible as usual. With this final season, incredible as usual. I think the real stars of this final season of Game of Thrones are us, the The fans, fans. for really coming up with bomb-ass theories (laughs) that were displayed on YouTube video after YouTube video, Reddit thread after Reddit thread, and keeping the faith throughout the whole trash-ass last season. Because I know a lot of us were like, okay, maybe they didn't really nail it this episode, but they got another episode. They got got five more. Okay, okay, they got five more. Okay, okay, they got three mo. They got three mo. Oh, okay, well, okay, there's two, there's two more. Okay, they better kill it in this last motherfucker. Nope, got it. All right, all right. The whole thing with, with Tyrion and the chairs, I know that it was a callback, but it was just like, it just felt very kitschy, very campy. And that's not what we watched Game of Thrones for. We watched Game of Thrones for, really intriguing dialogue for storylines that kept us on our toes and for one-of-a-kind characters that were always fascinating. And I just felt like when it came down to this final season, those three temples were not upheld. They weren't. Now, does this change the greatness of this show? Somewhat, but for the most part, we got six solid seasons of the greatest television show of all time on my home network, HBO. We got to see these kids grow up into great actors and performers that will forever have a legacy as these unforgettable characters. And we got new vocabulary. The night is dark and full of terrors. We got all of that. So I think when it boils down to it, we just have to chalk these last two seasons up and say, you know what? They got tired. Okay, they got tired. And just be thankful that we got six full-ass seasons of an incredible one-of-a-kind show that even though they're going to try to do a prequel to, ain't going to come even close. Because this right here was really something incredible to be a part of. And I am really, as a geek, as a pop culture fanatic, so happy that I got to join in the world fascination with this piece of art. So shout out to all my... Houses out there, you know, I told y'all I'm House Martell, I'm bed, I'm bowed, I'm broken. Shout out to all my Starks, my Targaryens, my Lannisters, my uh, my Aarons, my, my uh, Martells, my Tyrells, all of y'all. You know, we are, we are not geeks. We are nerds. We are dedicated, learned individuals of a fantasy world. And if I get my way, George R.R. R. Martin 
will get it together and give us the book endings that we so desired from the show. Fingers crossed. Starbanks Audio, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.